You are listening to the Running With God podcast. More than nominal Christianity. like to welcome everyone to the Running With God podcast. I am your host, Coach Darby, and this is an exciting time in the life of our podcast. We're going to be wrapping up a seven-part series on running to follow Jesus. Um, we've been looking at a resource um, called Unburdened by Pastor Vance Pittman, who is a pastor out in Las Vegas, Nevada. I've really enjoyed going through this resource. Uh, but before we get started tonight, just a, a few exciting things to announce um, first of all, I am inviting everyone who is a listener on this podcast to be my accountability partner. Um, beginning in July, I'm going to ramp up four months of marathon training. I have a marathon picked out. It was one that was actually delayed because of the pandemic. It is the Rock and Roll Savannah Marathon. Um, I had the pleasure of doing this race in its half marathon capacity about two years ago. I love Savannah, Georgia. If you've ever been to Savannah, Georgia, it's just a beautiful place, wonderful people, outstanding food. I can't begin to tell you how wonderful it is. Just a beautiful picture of the South, in my opinion. And I'm very excited that on November the 6th of 2021, I'm going to be running the Rock and Roll Savannah Marathon. This will be the third time. I've uh, tackled a marathon. I'll be honest with you, that distance scares me um, because I've done at this point probably about 45 or 46 half marathons. I love the 13 mile distance, but I also know that you can kind of muddle through the 13 mile distance, even if you're having a bad day. If you don't feel so hot at 13 miles on a marathon, though, you're only halfway done. <laughs> so it's a little bit harder to muddle through a marathon. So beginning July 1st, I'm going to ramp up four months of intense training. Um, right now, I'm just in the phase of trying to um, just get my, my miles up and just get that base and that foundation down, just, just kind of really doing some junk mileage right now. But in July, the mileage will become a little more intense, a little more paced. I also have a weight goal and a nutrition goal. I really want to lose about 15 pounds to get in marathon shape. So I'm hoping when I hit that start line on November 6th, I'll be about 15 pounds lighter. So this is going to be my accountability podcast moving forward. I'm going to report back to you not only um, what I've read and what I've discovered in God's Word, but also just a synopsis of what my week in training has been like. And heaven forbid I come on this podcast and tell you that I've been so busy I haven't found time to run because I'm not being a very good steward of the miles when it comes to marathon training. So I would just ask humbly that you pray for me um, on July 1st. I'm going to be doing some hard things I haven't done in a long time, like trying to eliminate sugar from my diet. And if you know me personally, you know that I love a good old-fashioned glass of sweet tea. I have one every single day and it's going to be a form of fasting to try to go without sweet tea for four months, but we'll see if I can do it. And I'm very excited um, that on November 6th, I'm going to be taking a good buddy of mine, maybe two good buddies of mine and running 26.2 miles for the first time in over four years. So I'm very excited about that. Well, I'm also excited about something else on the podcast today. 
I have a great uh, guest co-host, and I just want to take a moment to introduce him. Um, first of all, he is uh, the co-Sunday school teacher who assists me in the Sunday school classrooms on Sunday morning. He is the leader of our church's men's ministry. He is a phenomenal speaker. And I also want to add, he is by far the nicest, most Christ-like drug dealer that I've ever met. And I say that jokingly because he is a pharmacist. He is a doctor of pharmacy, so I don't want to embarrass him or have any of our listeners going, what podcast am I listening to where we're about to listen to a drug dealer? Don't worry, he's a licensed drug dealer. He has his PhD. Um, He's uh, worked um, in hospital pharmacy for a number of years with Prisma. And now he's working in a different sector of pharmacy where, if I understand this correctly, and I'm not medical, so forgive me, but he really assists pharmacies that are trying to get off the ground from the business side of things. So he's working in a different profession. But all of those things are great and wonderful. But the reason that he's really on the podcast today is he is one of the two founders of the Bonefire podcast. And I know that anybody that's listened to this podcast has heard me talk about the Bonefire podcast before. It's an absolutely wonderful podcast, and I am so excited to have Matt Parker join me on the podcast today. Like I said, the founder of the Bonefire podcast, and I'm going to give him a chance uh, to just talk about that in a minute. But just to remind our audience, the Bonefire podcast has personally been my inspiration to start this podcast. So, I want to welcome Dr. Matt Parker to the podcast today, Um, and I'm considering Dr. Matt to be my first celebrity um, guest host of this podcast because we're talking about a seasoned podcaster here. So, Matt, welcome to the podcast, man. Uh, Thanks, Coach Darby. I I really appreciate the invite. I appreciate the warm welcome. And uh, yes, audience, I am a drug dealer, but I'm a legal drug dealer, so I have a license to do the dealing that I do. And uh, but uh, I definitely enjoy uh, working and focusing in on uh, the Word of God, and I actually prefer to do that more than I do my day job. And so I'm just glad to be here, uh, Jeremy. You mentioned the, the Bonfire Podcast. We've been going now for a solid year and producing episodes, and uh, so I'd encourage everyone to to go check us out. So it's a Bible study podcast uh, that I do with my dad, who's a pastor. He's our pastor. Um, at our church that we attend on a regular basis. And so uh, check us out. We're on all the major platforms and uh, love to have you listen in. Absolutely. So let's just take a moment to talk about the Bonefire podcast. Um, I think you guys just finished celebrating your year anniversary. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So we have been going strong. Uh, June 9th was our one year anniversary from the release of our initial episode. And so at this point, uh, we're on episode 51. If you count our release episode, we're at solid 52 episodes. Uh, we call that episode zero in podcasting. And so that's just that initial episode. And so we've got a year's worth of content out there. Our podcasts typically range uh, anywhere from about, uh, we're a little bit longer. We're, we're probably 45 minutes on average. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes trickle up to an hour uh, to get through the content that we're doing. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it's been a great, uh, great year and we look forward to doing more. Absolutely. And um, episodes, I mean, I know at this point you've had a number of episodes, you've had a number of series. Yeah. Um, if if somebody was to listen to your podcast for the first time or try you guys out, what would you, where would you direct them? What would you direct them to a certain series to start? Would you direct them to episode zero? What would you tell them? Or just pick up with the most recent episode, what would you tell them to do? Yeah, so I would say um, you can approach it a couple different ways. Our very first episodes, uh, those first probably three or four episodes, 
really focused in on the fundamentals of Christianity. Uh, so we went through what faith is, what grace is, what repentance is, um, and uh, really talked about those foundational truths. And so uh, for someone who's maybe a new Christian or maybe someone who's not a Christian and is, is interested in trying to learn more, that would be a great place to start if you really want to get a, a kind of a, a baseline uh, foundation of what Christianity is about. Uh, those are some of the, the key doctrines there. And then for those of you who are listening that, that may be uh, Christians and, and longtime Christians, you can jump into one of our series. Uh, we've done a series. Uh, currently, we're in a series going through the book of Philippians, um, and there's just great content there, a lot of practical things that you can apply to your everyday living. Uh, we've done a series through First John. Uh, we've also done a series through uh, the book of Revelation, and that's a very timely series because, uh, Coach, I'm convinced that we're living at the end of the Bible uh, right about now. I feel like we're in those last days, and so um, any of those would be great. Um, and then in between uh, our episodes, sometimes we'll, we've started a new thing where we call doctrinal doses, uh, kind of the play on being a pharmacist. Uh, the doctrinal dose is where we're focused in on a particular Christian doctrine, and um, and so you can jump on there if you want to kind of dive into doctrinal matters and uh, learn uh, what the Bible has to say about key doctrines. So it sounds to me, and I can tell you as one of your listeners of your podcast, that if you're looking for a very, very deep dive into God's Word, really looking, and I, know, I think one of my favorite series that I would just like to brag on, you guys did a, a whole series on the end times, right? Yeah. Or, yeah. I mean, a very deep dive in the book of Revelations and I know that every week I tuned in, I learned something. I yeah. learned, I learned more and more about, um, the great white throne judgment, yeah. um, John's prophecy, just everything that he was seeing. I mean, there was just a number of things there that just stuck out to me. And I, I go back to what I've said many times on this podcast. If you're going through God's word and you don't have some form of a commentary beside you, whether it's a written commentary, whether it's something you can read, whether it's a pastor that you trust, um, or a podcast that you listen to, I can't begin to tell you how valuable that is just to have another take on it because it's amazing how God will have things jump off the page at you that you never realize were there anymore. And this past week, it was through a commentary that I discovered and paid attention to Paul being a tent maker. I never knew about Paul yep. being a tent maker. And then suddenly, anytime Paul made references to tents, my ears were a little more perked up than they were before. I, yeah. I didn't think of Paul as having any kind of trade skill, I guess. I just thought he yeah. was just this wandering preacher. <laughs> so um, anyway, those are just examples of things that that's just that's the value of listening to podcasts like these and reading commentary. You know, God's word is paramount. That is the, the, the source that uh, sits before us that, that is the most important source or resource that we could ever read. But let's be honest, it was written thousands of years ago. It helps to have people interpret and help discover new realities in it, you know, so. Yeah, certainly. I mean, it, it always helps to have those different perspectives uh, that you hear from from uh, different uh, pastors, different podcasters, uh, YouTubers, whatever it may be, uh, that can help you uh, get a, a better insight into to the scripture. And so, um, yeah, I'd encourage folks to, to listen in. And I just want to, on that same note, just tell you that when you're selecting your podcast and your commentary, just be careful. Um, unfortunately, there are a number of people out there that 
treat the Bible like a buffet, yep. and they'll pull out of it what they want, and they'll leave the hard teachings aside. And we're never going to do that on this podcast. I know Matt's never going to do that on his podcast. We're going to teach the hard teachings of God's Word, the hard teachings of Jesus, the stuff that does step on toes, the stuff that convicts sin, um, you know, because that's what needs to be preached. That's, you know, when we're at the end times and we've got a lot of slick-tongued people, silver-tongued people that want to kind of tell society what they want to hear and, and you know, put glitter and glamour on sin and make it look appealing, that's that's when we know we're in the end time. So exactly. that's, that's yeah. never going to happen on my podcast here with Running With God, and I know for certain it's never going to happen on uh, the Bonefire podcast. So I would really just encourage you to, to check that one out. Like I said, if you like my podcast, you're going to love his because his inspired mine. So let's dive into what we're getting to today, and it's all about discipleship. It's all about um, sharing the gospel with others. Ironically, Matt and I just got back. We just rolled in on two wheels. We were out sharing the gospel and inviting people to church because VBS had just wrapped up at our church and we had us a brand new list of addresses and people that had claimed to not have a church. So we did one of our favorite things to do. We went out and we invited people to church and there were opportunities out there to share God's word. And and you would be surprised at how welcoming people are. They, they come to the door. They, they listen to what you have to say. They'll take a brochure. They'll, they'll go so far as to tell you what their church history has been like. They'll be as bold to say, we don't have a church. We'd, you know, we'd love to give you guys a shot. So discipleship and sharing the gospel doesn't have to be this fearful thing that we make it out to be. And I don't think anything, anybody in the Bible more than Paul spoke about this because Paul, of all of the New Testament authors, um, no one wrote more about the power of Christ's life being lived through us than the Apostle Paul. So our scripture to, today that I would love for you, if, invite you to, uh, if you have your Bible with you, I'd invite you to turn to 2 Corinthians. We're going to be looking at chapter 2, mainly verses 14 through 17. Um, but also, you know, I've got a great guest host on the podcast. I'm sure he's going to have some scripture that we can look at too. But we're going to start in 2 Corinthians Chapter 2, verses 14 through 17. I'm going to do something a little unconventional today. I'm going to read two different translations to you. First, I'm going to start with the New King James Version. So this is 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 through 17. This is the letter, the second letter to the Corinthian church from the Apostle Paul. And in verse 14, he says, Thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumph in Christ, and manifests through us the sweet aroma of of the knowledge of him in every place. For we are a fragrance of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing to the one an aroma from death to death and the other an aroma from life to life. And who is adequate for these things? For we are not like many peddling the word of God, but as for as from sincerity, but as from God we speak in Christ in the sight of God. I'm going to switch gears here and read the same scripture through the New Living Testament because you heard some words in there that may be a little confusing like manifest and peddling. And this just comes down to sometimes it is beneficial to have a few different translations of the word. So this is going to be the New Living Translation, same scripture, just said in a more modern tone. So beginning in verse 14, But thank God He has made us his captives, and continues to lead us along in Christ's triumphal procession. Now he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere, like a sweet perfume, 
Our lives are a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God. But this fragrance is perceived differently by those who are being saved than by those who are perishing. To those who are perishing, we are a dreadful smell of death and doom. But to those who are being saved, we are life-giving perfume. And who is adequate for such a task as this? You see, we are not like the many hucksters who preach for personal profit. We preach the word of God with sincerity and with Christ's authority, knowing that God is watching us. And there's just a few things in that scripture that I just want to draw your attention to. You you heard a lot about fragrance. You heard a lot about aroma. And if I had to give this a tagline, my Bible calls it the aroma of life. When we're out there and we're abiding in Christ and we're connecting with other believers and we're sharing the gospel, we, whether we know it or not, we, we send this aroma up to the heavens. And this aroma is pleasing to God. Notice in that scripture that I just read, it said fragrance of Christ to God. Now, it might be tempting to say, wait a minute, I thought we were sharing the gospel. Shouldn't we be a, a pleasing fragrance to others? Well, we'll get there. But first and foremost, we're a pleasing fragrance to God. Because in reality, we may look at discipleship and we may look at sharing the gospel and think it's all about them. It's all about them. It's all about reaching others. It's all about them. When in reality, it's not about them. It's ultimately about him. It's ultimately about God. And when you hear the word manifest in that scripture, manifest by definition means to make visible, to show openly, or to make known. And I think that that comes from abiding and connecting with others. When you're abiding in God, when you're abiding in Christ, and you're following Him actively, you're you're looking at the teachings of Jesus, and and you are you are truly following Him, even when it casts a light on sin, even when you have to turn away from things that you were otherwise doing. And probably the hardest thing that we have before us as Christ followers is turning away from that identity, that identity that we tried to set for ourselves, that that career path, that you know everything that we aspired to be when we were younger, when we were going to be rich and famous and have this wonderful career that we, we all looked forward to. But suddenly we have Christ come along and Christ says, you know, turn your back on all that. That's passing away. That's, that's not what eternity is based on. Instead, follow me. We see that when he called um, his first disciples. He, he literally called them right out of their careers. He called them right out of the fishing boats and, and said, come and follow me and quit worrying about what the world places value on. When we are abiding in him and we're connecting with each other, we're, we're connecting with fellow believers in the church, we're connecting with friends in the fellowship, we become this a pleasing aroma to God. And you don't have to try hard to share the gospel, because now you're in a state where that naturally just flows out of you. What I did this evening um, when I was out going and visiting people that dropped their kids off at VBS, I didn't feel begrudged to do any of that. I enjoyed every minute of it. And it was amazing to see people come to the door. We ended up having great conversations. And I probably visited about five families tonight. And I told Matt a while ago, I feel pretty good about two or three of them. I feel like they may show up at church. But I had that opportunity to go out and share the gospel and share um, what our church was all about and give them an opportunity to talk with me, ask questions, and come. And none of it felt begrudging. It was a natural outpouring of abiding in Christ. And honestly, there's so many other things the world would have said I could have been doing on a Tuesday night. You know, I could have been out drinking, partying, having a great time. I could have been at home taking a nap, 
or watching the Braves get beat. You know, I'm a big Atlanta Braves fan, so, you know, they've been on a tear here lately getting destroyed. So maybe it was a great thing that I wasn't watching them because I think as we're recording this podcast, they're probably losing right now. Um, That's just the way of the (laughs) – that's just the lay of the (laughs) land in Braves baseball right now. But there were so many other things, I guess, selfishly, I could be doing with my time. But I was blessed by – Everything that went went on tonight and and sharing came naturally. I didn't have to be an eloquent speaker. I just had to be willing to to be a Christ follower and to share what He's done for me. What do you think about any of this, Matt? Yeah, so uh, definitely we're supposed to be uh, that fragrance, that smell. But Jeremy, when you told me we were going to be talking about this particular verse, my mind went to uh, the senses. Right, so we're talking about smell, but we're also supposed to have a taste. And we're also supposed to have a sight. And so as I was thinking about these verses, I went to Matthew chapter 5, and I want to present the other senses that we're supposed to be uh, to the world. So Matthew chapter 5 and and verse 13, this is just after completing the Beatitudes, and this is in red. So this is Jesus speaking here. He says, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its flavor, so now we're talking about taste, how how shall it be seasoned? Uh, For then it is good for nothing but to be thrown and trampled under the foot of man. You are the light of the world. Light meaning you are a sight. And he goes further here to say that you are a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden, nor do the light of a a lamp, do we put it under a basket, um, but we let the lampstand shine. And so as I think about these verses, we're to be both a a flavorable scent, we're supposed to be a, a flavorable uh, taste, and then we're supposed to be something that can visually be seen by people around us. And you may think, well, how do you do all of that? And as you said, Jeremy, it comes natural. As as God comes to live in you and the Holy Spirit is, is working in you, that's the Holy Spirit's role, is to give you these attributes, to give you uh, to make you flavorful, to make you salty, to make you have a good fragrance. And as you dive into God's Word and you get closer to God, you'll begin to emit this, this smell and this flavor and this light. It'll just be natural. Absolutely. I think the other side of that, too, and that's neat. I've never thought about bringing the other senses into it, but you're exactly right with what you mentioned out of Matthew with the words of Jesus being salty. So that's, you know, taste. Um, I think about it this way, too. It's, it's not just an aroma that's perceived by God. The Scripture said very clearly, especially in the New Living Translation that I read, that it's perceived by others, too. It's perceived by what the Bible calls those who are perishing and those who are saved. Um, and to the perishing, it's a completely different aroma. And I think about, you know, have you ever been in a car with somebody that's a smoker? You know, have yep. you ever gotten into a, a car with somebody that's a smoker? I, I had a number of friends in high school, some of, some of which were smokers. And I remember getting in their car and just immediately smelling that odor. It, it was all over their upholstery. Yep. It was all over the seating. And, and as, as a non-smoker, you know, it was hard to sit in that environment, you know, because I could smell it. But for the person whose car it was that was a smoker, they, they were nose blind to it. Correct. They didn't smell it. But the Bible says that as a Christ follower— you emit a completely different aroma to the unsaved. Um, when you're around them, suddenly they're able to smell their own death on them. They're That's able to smell their own doom. And they're able to see that something is different about you. But to those who are saved, it's a pleasant aroma. So when you're abiding in the faith and you're connecting with other believers, like you and I are connecting right now and yep. we're in fellowship, we're, it's a completely different aroma between us than it is to 
an unsaved person. I think that's just that's that's very profound. And yep. and don't you don't you want to be the aroma that's pleasing to God? Oh yeah, you yeah. know. And and I just I, I think that's a great example. Um, just an example of of if you've ever entered a smoker's house or a smoker's um, car or anything like that. That you know, it's very easy to be in an environment like that and become nose blind to to your own you know. And I, I'll be honest with you, I have a dog at the house. And Katie is constantly saying, our house doesn't smell like dog, does it? And I was like, well, I don't, I hope it doesn't. I don't think it does, but I live here with you, so I don't know. So, yeah, you know, when the neighbor's over, we're, yeah, we're, we're having to make sure that our house doesn't smell like dander. Yeah. Because Lord knows I'm constantly picking up my dog's hair everywhere, yeah. <laughs> cleaning it up. So it just yeah. comes with having animals. Nobody wants to become nose blind to their own situation. But suddenly yeah, when you're around a Christ follower, you become very aware of your destiny um, mm-hmm. because Christ followers are consumed with talking about eternity because we, yep. we are focused on that eternity that God has placed in not just the hearts of, of the saved, but the hearts of the unsaved too, to give them that constant longing for something more, something that nothing on this earth could ever fulfill. That's exactly right. And go ahead. So Jeremy, I, I, there's a, a word that's in that verse um, that Paul uses there, uses the term perishing. And when we think about perishing, I'm going to tie it back again to these other senses. We talk about being salt. Salt had two roles uh, during this time at which the text was written. Um, it was written to be uh, a seasoning, just like we use it today. And we have salt on our table when we go to eat dinner. Uh, but it was also used as a preservative. And it, it, it kept things from spoiling. It kept things from dying. And so um, that ties back to that word perishing. Folks who are lost and don't know Jesus Christ, um, that aroma, yeah, that, that's going to smell different to them. They're going to understand that, wait a minute, something's different about this person I'm talking to than to me. But hopefully the, the light and the salt that we're putting off of us is going to help save them and going to help preserve them, preserve their soul from ultimate uh, separation from God. And so um, I love how those those verses tie back together, uh, what Paul wrote in Second uh, Corinthians and then what Jesus spoke there in uh, Matthew chapter 5. Absolutely. And, you know, it may be tempting to think, too, that, you know, you may say, Jeremy, I'm you know, I'm abiding in Christ. You know, I'm reading my Bible. I'm going to church regularly. I'm connecting with other believers, but I just, I just struggle sharing the gospel. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just not a great speaker. I'm just fearful, um, and I don't, I don't know where to start. You know, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna present something a little profound to you, okay? And I don't want this to step on your toes, but it's going to. Um, but if you have a sharing problem when it comes to sharing the gospel with others. I'm going to suggest to you that you also have an abiding problem and a mm-hmm. connecting problem because I believe that sharing is a natural outpouring of abiding and connecting. I mean, we see example after example of this in in the New Testament. We see the disciples who are just these meek and scared little little people that, you know, anytime Jesus was confronted with the legal authorities of his time, the Romans, the, the Sanhedrin, they just kind of scurry away and go into hiding. But all of a sudden, after his death and resurrection, they just become empowered, and they're willing to follow him to the grave. Yep. And, and all of them did, ultimately. Yep. You know, all of them had some pretty gruesome deaths, and they were just much bolder in their approach, much bolder in their speaking. You see Paul. Um, Paul's a, a good example of a life turned upside down. I mean, was a persecutor of Christians, was a murderer of Christians, and became one of the world's greatest and first missionaries. And just just a bold approach in sharing the gospel. Um, there were times in Paul's ministry where Paul struggled. 
You know, I think about Acts chapter 17, where we see Paul attempting to preach the gospel to the Greeks in Athens, and they thought he was a fool. Uh, they, they thought he was a crazy man. They thought he was a babbler, the Bible says, because he was preaching about this foreign God, and he was preaching about sin and repentance, things that the Greeks knew nothing about. In essence, Paul was attempting to preach the gospel to the Greeks in the same way that Peter preach the gospel to the Jews. And with the Greeks, it didn't work because they didn't have any foundation. So Paul had to rethink his entire approach and he didn't give up. Um, He actually decided to look at some of the religious um, deities around Athens at the time. And he made mention of the unknown God. He saw that the Greeks were worshiping an idol to an unknown God, so they were very busy checking off all their God boxes. They didn't want to miss one, uh, so they even had an, an idol made to the unknown God. So Paul talked to them about that, changed his approach entirely. And he said, you know, I see you Athenians are a very religious people, and you even have this idol to an unknown God. I know that unknown God. Let me tell you who he is. Changed his approach entirely. He never gave up. But we see from this, from the very beginning, that even Paul struggled. Uh, It wasn't always easy to share the gospel. There were plenty of obstacles and barriers in the way. And I'll agree with you. It is a struggle. It's a struggle to share because all of those fears jump into your head. But I just want to remind you who the father of fear is. It's Satan. That's right. It's Satan. Satan's trying to paralyze you with fear so that you don't share the gospel. So don't buy the lie that you are not a good speaker and that you're just not gifted at sharing the gospel and that you're just going to reserve that task for the clergy at your church or for the ones that are gifted speakers, because that is going to be, in my opinion, and what the Bible suggests, a natural outpouring of fragrance, if you will, from abiding and connecting in Christ. So, You've, you got to do it. You, there's no way around it. It's for everybody. You know, I mean, that's that's just the, the brunt force trauma of this message tonight. If you're not sharing the gospel, I'm going to suggest to you that you have a serious abiding and connecting problem. Because when you look at Jesus's, when you look at Jesus, when you look at his disciples, when you look at those that follow him, you, you see this natural outpouring of sharing the gospel absolutely everywhere you go. There is no place that, that is forbidden to share the gospel. You can, I mean, there's plenty of places where it is forbidden to share the gospel by the world's laws, but, but yeah. there is no place that's off the agenda. Um, you need to make him known wherever you can make him known. You know, it doesn't matter if you're speaking to your bank teller or you're at a family reunion or you're at a wedding party or even if you're at church or you're at your place of employment, share the gospel. Let, let people know about Jesus because like we said at the beginning of this podcast, we really feel like the days are drawing near where mm-hmm. he's going to come back. And, and some somebody said this to me a long time ago. I don't even remember who said it, but it's just cut to the core. It's friends don't let friends go to hell. If yeah. you've got somebody in your life that desperately needs to hear the saving gospel of Jesus Christ, we're on borrowed time. We're not promised another second. There's going to be that thief in the night moment in all of our lives where Christ is going to come back and he's going to snatch up those that that are following him. And there's going to be this great period of time where those that were not are left behind. And and you want all of your family members, your coworkers, everybody that um, you can get a hold of and share the gospel with to, to join you um, in eternity. And Matt and I were just at a baseball game just a couple weeks ago. We took our Sunday school class to a baseball game. It was the Braves versus the Dodgers. Um, I think I heard after that baseball game, that was one of the 
the biggest sellout crowds they had had all weekend. They, they estimated that over 132,000 people attended that three-game series wow. over the course of three days. And when we were there, I, I pretty much saw a person in every seat. Yeah. And it's when you really look at that number, that was a stadium full of people that have an eternity somewhere. Mm. That, I mean, here's the great thing about life. You're, you're immortal. Whether you admit it or not, whether you know you disagree with me or not, you you've got an eternity somewhere. We're we're going to die. We're going to be immortal somewhere. Are we going to be immortal with Christ in heaven, or are we going to be immortal in hell, which is full of pain and suffering for all eternity? It's like they say on HGTV. It's all about location, location, location. I'm making Matt giggle because he's right. heard me say that before. But I really think we should be a lot more motivated to, to share the gospel. I just see too many, and, and this is what this podcast is all about. I see way too many nominal Christians out there who are doing their best to connect and abide but avoid yeah. sharing the gospel. Is that what you see, Matt? Oh, certainly. And, and if I have to be honest, um, I was one of those Christians not too long ago. And, and I even to this very day... Uh, struggle with sometimes of, of fear and, and kind of self-consciousness of going to to present the gospel. But I want to share a couple things with the, the audience here uh, tonight. And, and the first thing that I had to realize is I used to have the mindset that I'm just not gifted to witness. But when I started studying the scripture, you'll never find that there is a gift of witnessing. There is definitely a gift of evangelism. Uh, which would be someone who goes and, and speaks to large crowds, an evangelistic speaker or preacher. Um, but the gift of, a, of witnessing is not listed anywhere, and that's because it is a universal requirement of all believers. And we are given everything that we need to be witnesses when we accept Jesus Christ. And I want you guys to consider um, one of my favorite verses, and everyone knows of it. Sometimes we, we don't pay attention to this. This is Acts 1.8. Um, so Acts 1.8 says, But you, this is in red letters, Jesus speaking, But you shall receive the power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. All right, now listen to what it says next. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We all the time like to talk about about what Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth mean, but sometimes we forget the front part of that verse, which is that we receive the power from the Holy Spirit to be witnesses when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. I like to say it this way, uh, Coach, that when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that uh, hell moves out, heaven moves in, the very Spirit of God comes and dwells within us, and His Spirit within us gives us the power to be witnesses and take this word as far as we possibly can, as, the, as that verse says, all the way to the ends of the earth. Now, I have to, I have to fight um, with this even to this day and even tonight as we were doing our visitation, uh, Coach. I, I had to – I get up to a, a house and I get ready to go to the door and I immediately began, began to come up with all the different reasons as to why I shouldn't knock on that door. And I, I'll look and say, oh, I don't see any lights on. I don't see any vehicles here. I don't think anyone's here. We should probably just go on. And that is that to me is is the devil getting in my head and trying to discourage me and dissuade me from doing what I'm called to do, which is to go knock on that door. And so here's how I put myself in the right mindset as I approach this. I imagine that I'm driving down the road and that same house that I'm getting ready to go knock on, as I'm driving down the road, I see smoke coming from the roof of that house. Now, as I'm driving along, if I was doing that, 
and, and, and I see smoke coming out, I would immediately pull into the driveway. I would jump out of my vehicle. I would run and I'd beat on the door. I'd look in the windows and knock on the windows and say, your house is on fire. You got to get out and try to get them to safety. And so the same is true because in each person who is lost, their spiritual house is smoking. And it's just a matter of times before it's engulfed in flames. And so I have to say to myself, there's a spiritual house that's smoking, and it's my job to go and beat on that spiritual house and let them know that the house is on fire, but we can get them out and we can get them to safety. And it's that mindset that I have to have. That's what helps me remember that, I, that I'm to be a witness. The other part that I have to do is I have to make sure Um, that I am in a good relationship with the Holy Spirit. And that goes back to what you're talking about. Connect and abide. Uh, Connecting and abiding with God and His Spirit that's living in you. And when you're in that one tight relationship with Him, then that power is going to flow to you to be the witness that He's called you to be. And I think that's what the church was meant to be, is, is not just you driving by seeing that somebody's spiritual house is on fire, but all of us being accountable to the entire community. So now we've got a community of believers that's, that's now taking on ownership that this is my community. This is where God has placed me. And I'm going to, I'm going to go through my community and in a spiritual way, help people whose spiritual houses are on fire. But we just don't see that in the modern church today. We, we see a lot of people just kind of, um, just kind of, you know, go through the motions, just play church, if you mm. will. They just, you know, they come to the programs. Yep. They come and be served, but they don't actively participate in serving. And when it comes to sharing the gospel with others or just making a visit and just inviting somebody to church, we just see so few actually do that. And okay. and I think that is just that points that's the biggest pointer to anything nominal when it comes to Christianity. I mean, it's too big of a job just to depend on your pastor or your pastoral staff to do it for you. That's and right. that's never what God called any of us to do. I mean, when we look at New Testament scripture, Jesus didn't go to the Sanhedrin and, and ask them to be disciples of his. He went to normal people, That's you right. and I, right? The yeah. people that weren't necessarily educated, that that weren't necessarily the most affluent, that didn't, you know, that probably had all of the same what I would call Moses excuses sure. of why they're not, you know, good speakers. Um, but as a Christ follower, you do have something in your tool belt, in your arsenal, that I want to make sure everybody knows that you have, and it's unique to you. It's your testimony, mm-hmm. and your testimony is your special story of how you came to know Christ. And in many cases, a testimony was where you reached your wit's end, where you reached a low point in your life, and Christ saved you. You know, I mean, it was it's a it's a salvation story. It's a saving story. I know mine is, mm-hmm. and um. I'll tell you this, I know, I've I've recognized that my testimony, both mine and Katie's, speaks specifically to people who have struggled to have children. And and I've recognized that. So anytime I get around somebody and I'm sharing with them my testimony, if they fall into that category, they're all ears. And I know, Matt, after hearing your testimony a few times, I I would almost say that your testimony, what I've noticed about your personal testimony, is it speaks to people who have tried to make a name for themselves through their career and through what the world defines as success. So any, and that's going to be a lot of people, you know, a lot of people fall into that category. So anybody that hears your testimony of, and I, 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 I've heard brother Matt's testimony so much that I know it happened somewhere on uh, near a red lobster in a graveyard on his way to work some morning. I know exactly where he was in Greenville County or Greer when it happened. And, um, 
that's a that's something that you should be able to speak about, you know, and it's something you should be excited about. Yeah. Um, because if you're speaking as a saved child of God, what who's not going to be excited to share that story? Yeah. And that's something that each of us have, and it's very unique. And I think it's unique for that purpose because it helps the church reach people from all walks of life. We have a, a young lady in our Sunday school class that has a wonderful testimony, and she's dealt with a lot of drug addiction. Mm-hmm. And um, my testimony is not going to speak to that. Your testimony is not going to speak nope. to that. But her testimony is very powerful when sure. it comes to people who have, have had that experience. And mm-hmm. I think that's the beauty of the testimony. That's and right. Jesus' 12 disciples all came from different walks of life, You know, all came yep. from different professions, had different experiences, had different quirks. Um, this past week, we talked about Thomas. You know, Thomas's thing was he wants proof. He's doubting. He doubts yep. everything. I know people that are just like that. <laughs> I yeah. work with people that are just like that. And I think that just speaks to the power of the church. But the power of the church is is disrupted when we don't have people out there actively sharing the gospel. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's it's just terrible. And I, it just it just burdens me. And I, you know, I, I I know that you feel burdened by it too. But mm-hmm. um, I don't I don't want to be the I don't want to continue to live by 10% doing 90% of the work. You know what I mean? Exactly, but but yeah. 10% doing 90% of the work is reality in today's church. Um, I, one of the biggest churches in our area, we were speaking to somebody that works at that church. Biggest church, I mean, like mega church standard, had trouble filling roles in VBS. Yeah. I mean, like that that shouldn't happen <laughs> in a mega church. Should, should be, yeah, should you be. should have a plethora of people that are willing to serve the Lord, but there's just there's a whole lot of people sitting and getting, but not a lot of people serving. And part of that service comes back to discipleship and training disciples and making making God's gospel known in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And, you know, I just want to, I don't want to end a podcast all doomy and gloomy saying, hey, something's got to change, but something does need to change. And I mean, I just want to challenge you as Christ followers. I'm going to ask you some, I mean, you can't respond to me. You're just a listening audience. You know, I would love to invite you to email me at runningwithgodpodcast at gmail.com to to talk with me just about this whole concept of discipling others and sharing the word with others. But I I do want to just challenge you. How many times this week did you tell somebody about Jesus? How many times did you invite somebody to church? How many times did you just let it be known that you're a Christ follower and here's what you believe? When's the last time you shared your testimony? I mean, those are questions that step on toes and pierce right to the heart. And I'm going to be honest with you. I've had plenty of opportunities this week to share the gospel. I don't know that I took advantage of many. I think I took advantage of a few, but not many. Um, I want to draw attention to something Vance Pittman said in his book, Unburdened. And I think Matt's probably going to share a similar experience. But um, this just really stuck out to me because I think this would resonate with many people in our audience. So just think about, you know, just going to like Costco. You know, a lot of people have a Costco membership. You know, you go there, you get your groceries. They've got great deals you can buy in bulk. Vance shared an experience that he had at Costco, and I'm going to quote him from his book, Unburdened. He said, recently I was at Costco. I was just trying to get my card renewed and get out the door. If you go there on a Saturday, it's a zoo, right? Yet here I am in the midst of the madness, standing in line, and this guy behind me, he just wants to talk and talk and talk and talk. And in my mind, I'm screaming, I don't want to talk. I just want to get my new membership card and leave. 
I do everything I can to cut him off, but this guy really wants to have a conversation with me. And finally, I reach the front of the line and I get out and get my card and I get out the door and then I turn and almost run as fast as I can to my car. And as I was driving um, back to his church office, (laughs) ironically, he said the Holy Spirit got a hold of him and brought that man's face to his mind. And in my spirit, I heard that still small voice whisper, Vance, what happened yesterday? I want to use you in every place. I was reminded again that we're always on mission. Every one of us has moments like this every day. Sometimes we get it right. Sometimes we get it wrong. But with this particular instance, Vance goes on to talk about how God convicted him that this was an opportunity to share the gospel that w- with someone that was more than willing to have a conversation. In fact, he was trying to have a conversation mm-hmm. with him. How many times has that happened to you? I know it's happened yeah. to me a ton. It's happened to me a ton. And, and I was telling you just before we started recording that uh, I had that happen to me uh, not too long ago. Uh, I was flying. I was traveling for business. I had been in meetings in New Jersey. Uh, I was getting on a plane in uh, New York City, uh, LaGuardia Airport, flying back here to Greenville. And um, I'm very busy. Uh, I had just been in all these meetings. I had stuff I had to catch back up on on the plane uh, as I was going back into the office the next day. And I really just did not want to talk to anybody. And, you know, as it is, normally you get on a plane, you're kind of looking around and say, oh, is the seat next to me going to be open? Of course, it's never open. Uh, You know, you're always going to have someone sitting there by your side for the most part. But I was waiting. The seat wasn't filled. And then finally, here comes this guy. He sits down next to me. And um, I've got my my uh, tablet up and I'm uh, checking emails and trying to catch up, uh, get back into the swing of things for being away from the office uh, for a couple of days. And uh, I just really didn't want to be bothered. And uh, this man uh, was probably the, one of the nicest men I'd ever meet, uh, met. He lived there in New York all his life. He lived on Long Island. He works as a, a elevator mechanic in the high-rise buildings there in Manhattan. And he told me all these stories about how he you know, worked on a 100-floor building and seen elevators drop and all these wonderful things. And I would just kind of say, uh-huh, uh-huh. And I would try to put my headphones in, but I could never get them in because he would always be talking to me. And um, as I got ready to land, as we got ready to land our plane in Greenville and I was getting ready to get off the plane, he looked at me and he says, you know, this was the uh, first time I've ever been on a plane. And he said, I really thank you for, you know, talking to me that, that helped me through the, the flight. And as I was getting off the plane, I got that same feeling that you're saying that Vance got the Holy Spirit began to, to speak to me. And he says, Hey Matt, I, I booked your plane ticket today. Uh, you were in seat 32B for a reason because seat 32A needed to hear the gospel message. He was an open book. He was telling me his whole life story. He was interactive and wanting to ask questions. I could have easily given a gospel presentation right then, but I was so close-minded and focused in on what I needed to do and mm-hmm. what I needed to accomplish. And, uh, you know, that, that, that man's face uh, haunts me to this day, mm-hmm. and I, I hope that there's an opportunity that he will hear the gospel. But my, my fear is that, you know, uh, he, he may not ever hear, and I was the person that was supposed to tell him. Right. And that, that's something that I'll have to give an account for one day when I stand before God, and I'm not looking forward to that. But I, I hope that that, uh, that man gets to hear the gospel before uh, his house yeah. uh, is on fire. And I can tell you, as a school principal, I have so, you know, conversations are a part of my job. You know, yeah. I, have, I have conversations all the time and 
you you mentioned one guy's face. I've got hundreds that haunt me. Uh, opportunities where people may have been at their worst point in their life, and I didn't take that opportunity to share the gospel. And I'll have to stand in judgment for all yep. of those things too. And I'm not looking forward to that. But it doesn't have to be that way. I think that's the encouraging part of this message is we're not only called to abide and connect, but more than anything, we're called to share. Mm-hmm. You know, you've been given a gift of life. I've been given a gift of life that, that our eternity is sound. It's set. We get to spend eternity in the presence of an all loving God. We get to hug and embrace uh, Christ who went on the cross and died for our sins. And he calls us to, to go and to, to share that free gift with others, you know, and he's, he's been very clear to say, you know, not everybody's going to hear it. Sometimes that seed's going to fall on ground that's not fertile. And, the, and that, that's just the reality of yep. life. Um, but uh, still, we don't need to make excuses. We don't need to be so selfish that we don't share the gospel. We are living in a world right now where a lot of people's spiritual houses are on fire. And we're just driving home to our house that's not on fire. And we're just content with that. But if, yep. if you want to be something more than nominal, get out there and share the gospel and experience what it's like to be a true Christ follower. I believe in a God that removes obstacles. And I believe anytime I've been in a situation where I have acted and shared the gospel, it's been amazing to see obstacles and fears run away and scatter. Yep. And and I really do believe that that's just the power of the God that we serve, that, that when you are in his will and when you are sharing the gospel that he wants you to share, he is the great remover of obstacles and, and he'll, he'll silence Satan for you <laughs> and he'll get those, he'll get those fears under control. And you'll honestly, in many cases, be blessed by the experience. I'm a believer in that. Well, Matt, I want to thank you so much for, for joining us on the podcast. Uh, words can't put into, words can't put into, be put into the right phrase to tell you just how thankful I am that, that you've taken the time to join us on here and share your wisdom with us and share what you've discovered in scripture. Um, and I'm so happy that you could uh, be a part of this. And, and we look forward to more to come from the Bonefire podcast as well. And I hope to have you back on this podcast in the future. Yeah, I appreciate the invite. I'd love to come back and uh, thank, thank you. It's been Fantastic. Great. Well, I hope you've enjoyed listening. God bless each and every one of you. And we will be back next week with a ne- new episode, new series. Very excited for you. Thank you so much for listening, and God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Running With God podcast, more than nominal Christianity. Send us an email at runningwithgodpodcast at gmail.com.